My name is George Slaughter. I'm on On Screen and Beyond, and hopefully they don't edit me out. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready, it's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 457 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, we go back with the creator of Laugh-In on their 50th anniversary. That's right, 50 years ago, uh, this show came out. And uh, we have the creator, George Slaughter. He's going to be joining us here. The DVD complete series for Laughing is coming out on June 19th. So get ready for that. Get ready for some great comedy. And uh, George is going to be joining us in a few minutes to let us in on what uh, the show was all about and what was going on back then. George Slaughter coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Let's get right into it. we got to get to that. So uh, let's get into Remake Madness. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, it looks like Ian Bowen of Teen Wolf will play the role of Freddy, or formerly Frederick in the original story, in the remake of Little Women and the movie Amityville, The Awakening, which was supposed to come out on June 30th, has now been pulled. And no release date is set for that one. Now, this movie actually has been out for a long time. Not out for a long time, but was made a long time ago. It was supposed to come out January 2nd of 2015. And they keep bumping it and bumping it and bumping it and pulling it. And we don't know. Will we ever see this one? We'll have to find out. Keep tuned. And let's see here. Uh, Hellboy. Rise of the Blood Queen will remake the Hellboy story, and that's coming out uh, supposedly on, <laughs> I say supposedly because you never know what's going to happen, but uh, supposedly in 2018. And that's it for Remake Madness, next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, it looks like Tom Hanks will star in Steven Spielberg's film The Papers. And Jeremy Renner and John Hamm will star in Tag. Now, this is about a group of friends who have been playing Tag for 30 years. That movie will be coming out on June 29, 2018. And Theo James, Ben Kingsley, and Jacqueline Bissett will star in Backstabbing for Beginners. It's a political thriller. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. It's sequels. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. It's up next on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. 
Sequel City, Kyle Reiner, former guest here at On Screen and Beyond, will make an appearance in uh, the new Oceans movie, Oceans 8, which features an all-women band of uh, thieves and, you know, <laughs> like the George Clooney movie. Well, now it's the women's turn. Sandra Bullock stars in that, and Kyle Reiner's going to be making an appearance because he was in the other ones, too. And, and now get this, Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again, is the name of the sequel for the musical film set to ABBA songs, and Amanda Seyfried will return in her role. And Tom Hanks is currently working on voicing, once again, the character of Woody in Toy Story 4. That's it for Sequel City. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, NCIS, Naval Criminal Investigation Service. The complete 14th season will be arriving on August 29th in a six-disc set. And August 22nd, Blue Bloods, the seventh season with Tom Selleck, comes our way. And September 5th, Criminal Minds, the 12th season, makes its way into stores. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, August 1st, Going in Style with Morgan Freeman will be hitting stores. The Fate of the Furious arrives on Blu-ray and DVD on July 11th. And Kong, Skull Island, will land on Blu-ray, and that's coming our way on July 18th. And that is it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and entertainment time, well, I'm going to just have one on this one. This is sad news, but Adam West, Batman from the classic TV show, has passed away at the age of 88. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we look at celebrity birthdays. Celebrity birthdays. On June 12th, Dave Franco turns 32. June 13th, Tim Allen turns 64. June 14th, it's Marla Gibbs, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 86. On June 15th, Courtney Cox will be turning 53. June 17th, Barry Manilow, still singing those songs, turns out to be 74. And on June 18th, Paul McCartney turns 75. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, Brooke T. turns 47 on June 16th. And uh, that one is coming in from um, Negril, Jamaica. And that's it for celebrity and listener birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to be listening to George Slaughter, who was the creator of Laugh-In, Ronan Martin's Laugh-In back in the 60s. Celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and it's also coming out on DVD on June 19th. Get ready for that. Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, George Slaughter, creator of the show, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
Today on On Screen and Beyond, our special guest is a three-time Emmy winner, 25-time Emmy-nominated producer and writer who gave us Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In and Real People. He wrote and produced shows for Hollywood legends including Frank Sinatra, Richard Pryor, Dustin Hoffman, Harrison Ford, Judy Garland, and Sammy Davis Jr., just to name a few. This June, his classic show, Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, comes to DVD in its entirety for the first time from Time Life. It's such an honor to have you with us. It's George Slaughter. George, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I like the name of the show, and, I, and you sound wonderful. You sound like a very bright fellow. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, George, 50 years ago, does it seem yeah. like that? Uh, it seems longer. Well, it, it, yeah, it seems it seems like that, but it's such pleasant memories. As we were putting together this collection of 140 shows. I went. I flashed back over memories that I have of the people and of the events and of the subject matter, and it's really been a very gratifying experience to re-release those shows, 144 hours that uh, uh, ran and and often if, regularly we got a 50 share. There were 50 million people watching that stuff, you know. Oh, and uh, I'm very proud of that show. I'm proud of what we said. I'm proud of what we did. And I'm proud of the effect of it, you know. Yeah. Tell us, how did you come up with the premise of it? I mean, were, you know, were you sitting around having a few drinks or something or what? I was bored. And I had done a show that the network wanted to do another one, and I didn't want to do it. So I said, right, I would do their show if they would let me do one show my way without any interference. And they said, sure. Well, they didn't mean it. So we came down there, and we rounded up all of these people that I had seen in different improv groups and so forth. None of them were comics. There wasn't any stand-up comics. They were just young people and very funny and inventive people. And, I mean, Goldie Hawn didn't fit anywhere else. And Lily Tomlin didn't fit anywhere. Artie Johnson, Ruth Buzzy, Joanne Worley. All of those people were not sitcom people, not movie people. And we put them all into this, into this mix, and we just started taping funny things. And uh, they had a good time, and the censors went crazy because they did not understand what we were doing. Right. That made the adventure even more worthwhile. We put six censors in the home and three into AA, <laughs> and uh, it was fun. And so we just we had a really good time. <clears throat> now, looking back at all the shows... Is there anything that is what you would consider the most memorable moment from Laugh-In for you? Well, the people consider the most memorable memorable moment was when we got Richard Nixon to sock, say sock it to me. Mm -hmm. uh, because that was the first time a political candidate had ever appeared on a comedy show. Now you can't get him off, you know. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly believe that Trump is going to win the comedy award this year. But... Uh, uh, Richard Nixon was probably the most unpredictable, but there were everybody from Truman Capote and, and uh, uh, Kirk Douglas and John Wayne and Lena Horne and Diana Ross and uh, all of them. We did like, out of those, those shows, we did maybe uh, 200 different cameo people. Mm -hmm. And uh, they all came on not knowing what they were going to do. First show was Cher. She had never seen the show or heard of the show. And uh, she came on. And Sonny said, where are the songs? And I, they went, oh, my God, he didn't realize there weren't any songs. So we wrote a, a, a song in 20 minutes, but it was a Mountie number. She came on, did that, and uh, then she, she came on the show frequently. And it was like, uh, all of these people, 
heard about it, and they wanted to be part of this uh, groundswell of movement, and they wanted to be... Also, we were in a time where there was a lot of protests and a lot of problems, same as we have now. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so uh, we were saying things that couldn't get said anywhere else. And we were saying them and getting by with it, because it was so fast that we could say something, and before they understood what we'd said, we were on to the next joke. And the next morning they said, did you really say this, this, and this? (laughs) Yeah, we said that, all right. But the network was, was... really, really nervous in the beginning. But by the time they figured out what we were doing, we had a 50 share. And uh, as I said, you know, I'm arrogant now, but 50 years ago, forget about it. You couldn't tell me no. So we went out and did whatever we wanted to do, and we got by with it. Wow. Now, with all these guests that you had, like you say, Debbie Reynolds, Kurt uh, Kurt Douglas, uh, Richard Nixon, John Wayne, I I mean, it must have been hard to get these people, or did they go on because they knew you and your reputation, or, or what? Yeah. So some of them, some of the, the actors, the comics and so forth, they knew because of the work I'd done in Vegas. The other people knew me because of the Dinah Shore and the Chevy and the uh, Judy Garland series that I'd produced. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them we got in the hallway. John Wayne said, I'm not going to be on that show. We ran that. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, Truman Capote did not know what he was going to do. Dr. Billy Graham came on and said, the family that watches laughing together really needs to pray together. Well, you don't get a religious leader on a comedy show, but he, he wanted to reach that audience, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, William Buckley was the arch-conservative of all time. He said, when we asked him, he said, not only do I refuse to appear, I resent having been asked. <laughs> and he went out, and we promised, I said, we'll, we'll, you, if you'll do the show, we'll have you flown to California in a plane with two right wings. <laughs> and he did the show, and we wound up friends for a long, long time. Wow. It wasn't easy. It was just so new, and nobody knew what to expect. But they did know that it was a way to reach that uh, new audience, you know. The, mm-hmm. And uh, so they all came on, and uh, many of them came back. You know, like Lena Horne. You don't get her to do comedy, but we did. Right, yeah. Anyway, wow. We were very lucky, and uh, we. And by the way, we had a really good time. And I'm proud of the effect of that show. And you know what I'm also proud of? I'm proud of the fact that that show was the first show to really get people involved. And the comedians are our answer because they can say anything and get by with it. And they make us aware of problems like Bill Maher does now and Rachel Maddow and so forth. They do now. And uh, uh, I'm proud of the fact that they, at that point, that people got involved and may have been responsible for ending the Vietnam War. I just hope that they get involved now. And maybe looking at laughing will remind them of the power that the individual viewer has in changing and shaping our society. God, that's a long sentence. (laughs) Now, (laughs) do I I sound like an auctioneer? (laughs) (laughs) Now, laughing had, I mean, some shows come up with one line that everybody remembers from the show, but you had very interesting. You had uh, I, I, I bet your sweet Bippy. Um, what yeah. else? The socket to me, and here comes the judge. I mean, that even became a song, you know. That and now, d- did you have input into that, or were there writers, other writers that that came up with well, those? Were th- things that happened as an accident. I mean, the, the socket to me thing was part of an Aretha Franklin album, and my wife did the Ernie Kovac shows, and he did terrible things to Jolene, right? And so we're riding along, and we heard Aretha's record, and Jolene says, well, why don't you do that on the show? I said, well, Jolene, Sakatumi has a mild sexual connotation. And uh, so while I'm arguing with my wife, our daughter in the back seat said, Sakatumi, Sakatumi, Sai. I said, whoa, wait a minute now. <laughs> so between my wife and my daughter, that's what got Sakatumi on the air. And then they said, you can't do that. So I said, well, we're going to end each thing with a, a Judy Kahn getting splashed with water. And so we got it okayed. 
because of the fact that it became a sight gag. But all of that happened the same way. Look that up in your funk and wagnall was another one. That's they didn't right. like the way we said look that up in your funk and wagnall because it sounded like we were going to say something right. else. And but we got we got by with it because the people were so young and so cute and so pretty, and there was no anger, there was no intent, and so we could say almost anything. And you got Henry Fonda, you got Frank Sinatra, you got John Wayne, and uh, they came on and had a wonderful time doing it. And uh, uh, Peter Sellers came on, he came from England, and he came on and did the show, and Ringo Starr. All of those people, they didn't have to be a comic, by the way. Mm -hmm. They just had to be a personality that was willing to come in and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. That's well, what worked. Joanne and uh, Ruth have both been on my show here in the past, and uh, they're 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 crazy. They're you know a lot of fun to talk with. And, and, oh boy! And uh, uh, it, it's just to 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 watch those shows again. It's it, it it just brings back so many memories. And and like you say, it's 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 still current. A lot of the and things. And it's interesting to see people gravitating to that show now after 50. We're going to celebrate our 50th anniversary in January. Mm -hmm. And to realize that that stuff has lasted that long is encouraging and heartwarming, but it's also kind of frightening to realize that the problems we talked about, none of them have been solved. And they're getting worse now with the, the Trumpster, you know? What are you going to do about that? Right. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, with um, with all the things the people you had on that show were, uh, like I said, Ruth and and, and Judy and, and all the other people were. You you said you you brought them in. Were, were they people you knew, or did you have auditions to get these people on? No, the show? no, we, nobody ever auditioned for laughing. They were people that I'd met and seen and liked. And we just hired them and, and never even thought about asking the network for approval. Because they would, they would never have approved. Goldie wasn't an actress. She was a dancer. Lily was doing saloon, you know, reviews. So for the, she'd never really dressed up those characters. And mm -hmm. Ruth Buzzy was working with Dom DeLuise and yeah, oh yes, uh, the yeah. Verve Griffin show. And Joanne was doing musicals. And Alan Seuss, God only knows where he was doing. <laughs> but we collected all of those people who, who made me laugh. Mm -hmm. And we brought them in, and they made the world laugh. Wow. But uh, it was risky. It was Monday night. It was 8 o'clock. They kept saying, well, it would cause less problems if it was later at night. I said, it won't cause any problems because I won't be there. I would not do the show except at 8 o'clock on Monday night. And uh, we did. We put six sensors in the home and three into AA. And they went crazy <laughs> because but they, they didn't figure out what we were going to say until we'd said it. And by then it was on the air. And uh, nothing was dirty. We never even did anything that was really dirty. It was just bawdy and uh, playful and uh, uh, <laughs> wonderfully, uh, is the right word horny? I guess so. <laughs> but uh, uh, you put, Judy, you put Goldie Hawn in a, in a bikini with words painted all over her body. The network was worried about what the words were, and then they became worried about where we put the words. But here is Goldie, who had... You know this this adorable child who was not not sexy, but she was just adorable. You know, and I, 
They said, well, you can't have her on like that. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, it's too sexy. I said, it's not sexy. You got a little girl that weighs nine pounds with two backs. What is sexy with that? <laughs> and so we got her on, and by then she exploded. And by then the world loved Goldie Hawn. The same with Lily Tomlin. Nobody ever realized that Ernestine, the telephone operator, you know, you know, when mm-hmm. one ringy dingy. Oh, yes. <laughs> she dialed the phone. I told her, Lily, dial the phone with your left, with your, with your middle finger. So when you see Ernestine <laughs> dialing the phone, she's giving the finger to the world, and nobody realized that until you put it on the air. Yeah, I never realized that, <laughs> to be honest. See, see, it's an enlightening experience. <laughs> now, when you first started this show, before, or before you even got it on the air, did you realize, or did you have anything in your head that said, this is going to become the number one show in the late 60s? I mean, it, it was a, a huge hit. But nobody, nobody anticipated that. We were just having a good time. I was bored. I'd done the Dinosaur Chevy show and the Judy Garland show and a show with Steve Lawrence and specials and so forth. But I, I really wanted to do something different. And I grew up with a lot of these people and I worked in Vegas. And so I collected all these friends of mine and people that I'd met and seen. And we put them in there and we started taping it. And a brilliant woman by the name of Carolyn Raskin figured out a way to edit all of that together at a time before we didn't have the facilities we have now. And uh, when the network saw it, they were really upset. They said, what the hell is this? And I said, well, it's a new thing. They, uh, in Europe, they have a show. They, they call it Comedy Verte. I made it up. There was no word, Comedy Verte. And so they, they were embarrassed to not know about Comedy Verte. How could they know? I just made it up. And so they went ahead and they put it on the air. By the time they figured out what we were doing, uh, it was a hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the basic greed came out, and the network realized they were getting more money for commercial minutes in laughing than anywhere else, so they let us go ahead. Yeah. And then they would just apologize that week. Yeah. <laughs> so the money was the one that that made them decide to, to keep it on. Always it. Forget <laughs> any kind of ulterior motives. Forget the good of humanity. If they can make money on it, they right. will. Yeah. Well, George, I know we're limited in time. We're going to ramp it up here, but um, I wanted Does any to... Does this make any sense? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. If but... it doesn't, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> but people should go out in June. It comes out. Um, it's pre-ordered right now at Time Life. You can get it. Yeah. And um, it's it's such a pleasure. But I want to finish up with two quick questions. If okay. when Now, when you sit back and relax, what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, boy. I don't know. I, I, my favorite TV comedy now is probably Donald Trump. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, that that's a thats a documentary on, you know, come on, seriously. We elected that man president, and you tell me that the world is not screwed up. Uh, uh, movies, uh, uh, I don't know, I I sit down, it's tough, tough for me to look at movies because I have this minimal attention span. Mm-hmm. But they're doing really great things, and uh, uh, the movie industry is helped a lot by the techniques and the things that have been developed on television. Uh, I wish I could tell you what my favorite movie is. I, I remember when they when they asked uh, uh, who was it they what was woman running for president for president what was, what magazines she read what newspapers she read she said all of them. <laughs> well, what was it? Yeah. I, I, yeah, see what happens as you get as you as the mind start mind is the third thing to go. I forgot the woman's name and I really didn't like her that much. <laughs> huh? Well. No, Clinton. I loved Clinton. It was uh, the the one that thing back from Alaska. Oh, oh, Sarah Palin. Oh, Sarah Palin. Now, come on, into each into each comedy writer, Sarah Palin should fall. <laughs> 
Well, okay, listen, I hope some of this worked for you. All right, well, thank it's you so much for joining lawyer. us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, George. It's great fun. Big thank you going out to George Slaughter for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Love that show. Rowan and Martin's laughing. Bunch of crazy people on that one. <laughs> a lot of uh, celebrities. And, of course, uh, they've all grown into being uh, great uh, entertainers uh, since then. And uh, they've all blossomed. Of course, uh, you know, Goldie Hawn and Ruth Buzzy and uh, who else? We had somebody else. Uh, jo- jo- Joanne Worley, of course. Joanne Worley joined us here at On Screen and Beyond a while back. And uh, just uh, so much fun watching that show. And now, coming out on June 19th, you can get it on DVD for their 50th anniversary. Ronan Martin's laughing. Well, that is it. That's uh, the ending of another episode of On Screen and Beyond. And uh, once again, we hope you will tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond and get the news out. And uh, we'll get things going here and give you more interviews with more people in the entertainment business. We've got a lot of good ones lined up. And hope you'll keep listening. Tell a friend, like us on Facebook, and leave a review on iTunes. So that's a wrap for this week. And until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>